Hello, how you doing, Kieran? And you're welcome to this week's um, Euro Soccer, and with myself, Aidan Raftery. And uh, yeah, so it's good to see uh, European action back, and in the Champions League and uh, the Europa League. And I suppose starting off with the Champions League, there's some very interesting clashes there: Liverpool versus Leipzig, Barcelona versus PSG, Porto versus Juventus, and Sevilla versus Dortmund. But I think. There are people that will uh, that will uh, mistakenly write off Leipzig because they're they're not a bad side. Yeah, well, they're not at all. They've only lost five between the Bundesliga and Champions League. Uh, still in the Dutch Cup, the DFP uh, Pokal. Uh, I think a lot of people would focus on the fact that they lost five 0 to Man United in the group stage. That was a bit of a blip, to be honest, because their only other loss in the group stage was uh, the one they lost to PSG. They they uh, they won every other game they played. They they scored at least two goals in all those other games. And keep in mind they beat both Manchester United and PSG. And as well, uh, we'll get to Liverpool in a second. They're having an awful time with injuries. But yeah, look, um, they're a they're a they're a top top team. I mean, they've put it up to Bayern Munich the last few seasons in the Bundesliga. Haven't come that close to winning it, but that's more down to Bayern's quality. Uh, just looking through their squad, they have some talent all around. The top scorer this season is Angelino, who was on loan for Manchester City. Now, uh, it looks like that loan move is going to become permanent soon, which would be a real, a really good signing for uh, Leipzig there. He's their top scorer. And elsewhere, they don't, you know, people were kind of worried when they lost Timo Werner that maybe they'll, maybe they'll struggle a little bit for goals. They haven't been struggling for goals really because most of their goals are kind of coming through, uh, are kind of coming through, Coming all around the squad, like uh, the likes of Paulson, Sabitzer, and Kunku, who I do think should be in the French squad. They have a few good young players who are chipping in with goals, and they have a manager who who they all want to play for. In uh, they have a manager in Julian Nagelsmann, who the team wants to play for. Uh, the team are fully behind, and that's the thing that when you're when you're kind of one of the lesser teams, when you're maybe a small fish in a big pond, in a sense. You need you need a manager who the players can get behind. They've really done that, and we saw they weren't that far. They 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 got to the semi-finals of the Champions League last season. They beat Atletico Madrid, and you know maybe you know maybe maybe based on recent form, they're probably favourites going into the Liverpool game. On paper, you'd say Liverpool should win it, but all Liverpool because as I'm sure you're familiar with by now, uh, as a Liverpool supporter. Yeah. Between Allison's on bad form, we don't know if Creeping Keller might start. Van Dyke's still injured. Joe Gomez is injured. Uh, as for their new signings, I was talking to someone there from Bundesliga Diaries, and he was saying new signing Ozan Kapak, who has been described as the new Sergio Ramos, which is a nice description. But uh, he was saying he saw nothing of him at Schalke that would uh, that would uh, claim he should be playing for Liverpool. Uh, the likes of Ben Davies would be a big jump up for him if he went from playing for Preston North End to playing in the Champions League. Uh, so you know they're they're struggling defensively, and if you're struggling defensively against a side like Leipzig, they're going to score against you. So it might be kind of a case of Liverpool have to outscore Leipzig, and that doesn't look that likely at the moment because they haven't been their free usual free scoring selves. And um, yeah, it's just been it's just been struggle. I don't know. I know you've been watching a lot of Liverpool. I don't. I I don't know. Um, obviously, it's a difficult time for Klopp. Obviously, losing his mother as well. So I mean, maybe it might be. Maybe it might be best if uh, if uh, he just took some he just took a step away. I think any talk of him being sacked is ridiculous because he's won them so much in recent years. They're having one bad season since he's got here. But uh, you know, it's it's just a difficult season for Liverpool. So it seems like um, 
I think they're going to struggle against Leipzig. And, um, you know, particularly particularly with the away leg being first, I think Leipzig could potentially get a decent enough 2-0, 3-0 win here. And uh, that might be very hard for Liverpool to come back from. Although they do like their Champions League comebacks, don't they? That's it. Um, but I suppose really with Liverpool, um, you know, they tend to have a kind of a squad that's kind of well suited to European football. And uh, although, you know, they, they played... They played Atlanta Atlanta twice, and the the hammered Atlanta in the in in the first leg, and then Atlanta bet they, bet Liverpool then in the second leg. So maybe slight side maybe for Liverpool for the Champions League, but uh, this could be this could be their chance. You see, with them playing in in the Champions League now, it could be a chance for them to take um, their minds off the way off the. Um, the Premier League now, and this this could be uh, something that they, you know, if they apply themselves, they can they can uh, do well in the for the remainder of the Champions League. Although it's in the knockout stages now, so you know if they lose to, um, I, I forget now is it uh, is it one leg or is it over two legs? Um, the, you know due to COVID, but um, it is over two legs. It's at the moment it's this round will be two legs at least we don't know in the future if they might uh, turn the quarterfinals into one leg but the last 16 and the last 32 of the Europa League will be two legs yeah that's it so uh, you know it's, it's, it'd be kind of an interesting one because Liverpool will want to be kind of proven that um, you know that, they, that they're that they maybe the European football might suit them but uh, you know that's going to be an interesting one uh, for them but I suppose their their poor their poor performances so far now. When I was watching the the Leicester game, and they were doing well up up to and including when they when this when they went one nil up, but then I, I think the stuffing was knocked out of them. Then when the when they conceded the equaliser, they just seemed to kind of say, "Oh, not this again." And then you you know, and then one one goal, the equaliser led to a second one, led to a third one. So. Um, you know, it's you'd you'd like to think that maybe Allison, as regards his confidence, now you know for Leicester's second goal, really it was one of those things that uh, you know Allison didn't call for it and he came he came out for it, but he was he was outside the box and Quebec was coming for it, and uh, but <laughs> you know he Allison was so far out there was nothing he could do at that stage and he couldn't handle the ball so and. Uh, you know, there was just kind of a mix-up, but uh, I suppose Quebec was kind of wondering, well, what are you doing out this far? You know, because I think Quebec felt that he had it under control, but it was just one of those things. And it, it, it's a rare thing. It's a very rare mistake by uh, Alisson, because normally he's on the money. Yeah, normally he is. And it's just been the last couple of games, pretty much since that Manchester City game, he's just been struggling and maybe it would be no harm just giving him a little bit of a break. I always think De Gea at Manchester United, it's not a case of dropping a player, it's just giving them a break because I think he needs to be out of the limelight for a while. And look, look, Liverpool probably very likely aren't going to win the league this season. Uh, like they're probably, they're, they're in convention. The Champions League is the only thing they can win. Uh, and maybe it would be no harm giving Cuevin Kelleher, who, who was playing with confidence, who was doing well, Maybe no harm just giving him a run and giving Allison a break. It's not a case of dropping him. It's not a case of saying you're you're number two now. It's not a case of that. It's just Klopp pulling him aside and saying, just uh, just go get your head in the right place, take a break for a bit, and then come back. And you know, I, I think I think that would be an important thing because I always think with the Hay at Man United, he hasn't been the same since 
at least the last World Cup, possibly before. And there was a time he was Man United's best player. There was a time Man United would have been getting relegated, which I'm sure you would have loved uh, on, uh, without him. So, like, you know, they, they, need to, they need to look after him. And sometimes, even though it might, it might seem like the worst thing to do, sometimes the best thing to do is just take a player out of the limelight and just take him. You can't make a mistake if he's not playing. Just take him out off and say, look, just, just uh, take a bit of time to yourself. Keep training, keep coming back hard, and then uh, then you'll be number one again. But uh, yeah, I think it's just a team playing with no confidence. To be honest, I think the whole team because yeah. looking at Salah and Mane, I don't know are they just not getting on with each other or what's going on, but uh, they're they're not linking up that well. Firmino seems a bit lost, and um, there there's young players coming in who I don't think you can really expect too much of because they're only young. Alexander Arnold and Robertson are struggling because they can't they don't have as much license to go forward without Van Dijk beside them. Uh, I think uh, I think the best bet would be for Liverpool to go for do a three man defence and a five man midfield with Alexander Arnold and Robertson playing as kind of wing backs. Uh, but then you come into the question: Who do you play in that three man defence? Because you have a lot of defenders, you have a lot of either midfielders or defenders who haven't played together. So it seems like there's no real right answer at the moment for Liverpool. I think they need a big win, and this could be a time for them to get a big win. Because keep in mind, Leipzig this is only their second ever time in the knockout rounds of the Champions League, so. You know they they don't have a lot of experience, uh, but uh, yeah, I just I just think Liverpool need a big win and need to get their heads sorted out. It's obviously a really difficult time. We mentioned their club obviously had a big loss in his family recently, and you know it's obviously it's just a difficult year. And I, I would be really just dis- I'm not even a Liverpool fan, but I'd be really disappointed if they if they got rid of Klopp because he's done great things for them. They're having one bad season. Alex Ferguson had bad seasons with Man United, so I mean. You can't, you can't, you can't just, you can't just. This season's a bit of a write-off. Focus on the Champions League. Focus on getting Champions League football next season. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a difficult one. I, I I think really you have to start playing players on form as well. Like I'd love to see, um, I'd lo- I'd love to see a bit of rotation going on, uh, just to just to give some more players a break. But obviously it's just it's injuries as well, and that's been something we knew would likely happen to Liverpool because they play quite a high-intensity game. They have been for the past three seasons where they've been very successful. And obviously, they didn't have much of a break. Uh, no one did. So, I think that's why we're seeing a lot of injuries in the Premier League. But it was always likely to happen to It's going to catch up with them. I look at like I'd say they could well come back. But... Uh, I'd call Leipzig slight favourites just on at the moment. And Leipzig are a team that when things are going well, they play very well. Which is good for a young team. And again, that's because they love playing for their manager. But uh, I'd call Leipzig slight favourites yeah. in this game. And, uh, hello? Yeah, I can, yeah, yeah. And uh, I suppose going, going yeah, elsewhere in the Champions League as well, Barcelona versus PSG. And this is, this really is the mo- is the money game of the round, really, isn't it? Yeah, well, I suppose anything involving PSG can be described as being money. But uh, PSG is an interesting one because Pochettino has come in now. It's um, it's it's he looks like it looks like the first time Pochettino is going to really be backed uh, with a bit of money because that's something that Tottenham. It wasn't being backed. Maybe it was a bit of an Arsene Wenger situation in that they were getting a new stadium and they couldn't afford a lot of money. I'd say that frustrated Pochettino a good bit. Looking through their squad, though, I think there's a lot of work to do with PSG. Like, for example, looking at their goalkeepers, Kaylor Navas, Sergio Rico, uh, two 
decent goalkeepers. Neither of them are world class. They're two decent goalkeepers. Navas was world class at one time. He's past it now. Sergio Rico is a was a useful goalkeeper for Sevilla. He's never he's he's not a absolute world class goalkeeper. He, he only costs six million. World class goalkeepers cost a lot more than that. And their third choice is a relatively unknown goalkeeper who's thirty years old. Alexander Letelier. I have to look him up. He signed from Orleans uh, for free uh, just last year. Uh, so I mean. I think that kind of sums it up. Their recruitment hasn't been the best at times. Because why don't they have a world-class goalkeeper? They have all the money in the world, but they don't have a world-class goalkeeper. Uh, looking through the team, I think they I think they have a lot of good players, but they also have a lot of players who probably aren't good enough to win you a Champions League. So that's a big challenge for Pochettino. To, I would be surprised if this PSG team even got to the semi-finals, uh, depending on the draw, obviously. But if they come up against the likes of... If they come up against Bayern Munich, if they come up against Man City... To be honest, even if they came up against Liverpool, I would I would be very surprised if they were to get through them ties. Um, I I think uh, I think Barcelona will be happy with this draw uh, because Barca are having a very difficult season. Uh, keep in mind though, they only lost one game in the Champions League. Uh, they uh, they and they only conceded in two further games. They kept three clean sheets, including against Juventus. Uh, they had a they, they didn't have the most difficult um, difficult group. Uh, friends of Ross of Hungary and Dinamo Kiev of Ukraine. But looking at it, they were well beaten by Juventus in the in the last game, and they ended up finishing second in the group. They lost the Super Cup of España before they uh, lost their first leg in the Copa del Rey, the Spanish Cup semi final against Sevilla, who I think are play, playing some really good football right now. And they're a good bit off Atletico Madrid at the top. In fact, a little stat for you. Uh, they've only been in the top four in Spain this season in the last four rounds. Every every other time they're out of the top four for the first seventeen rounds. So uh, you know it's 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 not going good by their standards. That being said, they're Barcelona. If they play well, they're going to, they could win the Champions League, and they have a very good team. I I think Raúl Koeman's a good manager. I don't know if he's the right manager for this side. To be honest, I don't think anyone's the right manager for this side right now because I think it's a very fractured side and really needs to be rebuilt. Don't know what's going on with Messi, but he wants to win the Champions League. The Champions League is, like Ronaldo, the Champions League has always been his goal. He wants to win a Champions League. The fact that he's won less Champions League than Ronaldo's will be eating him up. If this is last season at Barcelona, he'll want to go out and win the Champions League. Antoine Griezmann maybe has a bit of a chip on his shoulder, uh, just feeling that, you know, it's never quite happened for him at Barcelona. He was a better player at Atletico Madrid than Barcelona. Uh, looking, looking throughout the squad, like they've been, they've been. Ansu Fadi is a player I think who's been unlucky with injury, but he looks like he's going to be a great player. Pedri as well, doing well. Well, you know they have a lot of players who just aren't playing to their potential right now. Really, Mark Andre Ter Stegen and that is the only player who I'd say is probably living up to his potential right now. But at the same time, they have a very good team. I think, I think based on the teams, if we, if the game, if games were played on paper, I think Barcelona would win this tie, win both legs, and go through. Um, games aren't played on paper, so it depends. I, I could see if PSG go one nil up. I could see Barcelona getting a bit frustrated and going to downing tools. I don't think this is going to be a game where either side wins one nil or two nil. I think it's going to be a three nil game or even a four one because uh, looking at it, I think uh, PSG and Barcelona. I think they're two sides who at the moment are very fragile mentally, and I, I think uh, if either of them go behind. I don't think we're going to see a comeback like we saw a few years ago. Uh, I think it was in 2017 uh, where Barcelona came came back uh, having been 4-0 down on aggregate. I don't think we're going to see something like that. I think whoever wins the first leg 
or whoever goes whoever goes ahead in this tie will go through because it, these I mean, are two uh, teams who are in a great place mentally at the moment. He's not the player that he was, or is that kind of is that an, an unfair thing to say? Because I suppose you, you know he was used to being in in the same team. He was used to having uh, players around him, the likes of Iniesta and Puyol, and you know. <laughs> You know, players of that ilk, and they're they're no longer around anymore. And as you said, that's down to Barcelona rebuilding at the moment, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see how t- how long that's going to that uh, rebuilding process is going to take. And uh, you know, I mean, you can understand where uh, where Messi is coming from. That maybe that that he might want to get away from Barcelona because even though even though they are their reputation is world class. Um, you know, he wants to he wants to win things, and at the moment, even though there are some good players in this Barcelona squad, are they are they good enough to win the Champions League? So that that could be, you know, a thing that's playing on his mind as well. Yeah, well, that's it uh, because I. I think Messi's role has changed. I mean, previously he was playing, we like to say, Iniesta, Xavi, Busquets at his prime. Uh, there were a lot of world-class players around him. And then a bit later he was playing with Suarez and Neymar. So he had other world-class players. Now he doesn't really. He has very good players, but not world-class players. Not world-class players. He has some young players with potential to be world-class, but not world-class players. So it's just a difficulty for him at the moment because, you know, he's... He kind of has to do a lot of it himself. And look, there was great. I think you're right. He wasn't player he is. But that being said, he would still get into absolutely any team in the world. I mean, I'd love it if he signed for Bray Wanderers, uh, but uh, he's still Wanderers, he's still getting into any team in the world. He's still one of the best in the world. Uh, I think Ronaldo's. <laughs> Well, that's it. Yeah, we might we might pay him in pay him in uh, pay him in chips from Henry and Rose or something. But uh, I think uh, like I think right now Ronaldo's probably the better player in terms of adapting his role. But I think that's more because the team he's playing for suits him. Whereas Messi kind of has to pull a lot of the strings in Barcelona. He kind of has to do it all at the moment. Um, so you know maybe maybe I don't I don't know who's favourites in this tie. I think if Messi's on it. And I think he will be because I think he really wants to win a Champions League. I think even if he, even if it came out that he absolutely hates playing for Barcelona now, I think he'd still want to win a Champions League. Uh, and PSG, keep in mind, they're not top of the league. They've lost five games of the league this season. Uh, they've lost a fifth of their games of the league. Uh, and, uh, you know, they're not top of the league. They haven't been top of the league in a few rounds. They're Lille, uh, who have a good young team, are top of the league. Uh, and, uh, you know, Lyon are in the mix there too. So PSG aren't having the best of seasons. New manager come in, new style. So, you know, um, yeah, look, I, I, I would probably say Barcelona are going to get through this just on having more quality. And Neymar is out uh, as well for uh, 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 PSG. So that's uh, that's going to be a difficulty for them. At the same time, we talk about Messi, talk about Kylian Mbappe. If he's on form, I mean, he's, he's a game winner. I mean, we saw him against Atalanta last year. Uh, Atalanta, by all right, should have won that game. But Mbappe came on and... Had I mean he, he he created two goals in the in out of time and that pretty much that pretty much got PSG through and they ultimately ended up getting to the final. They weren't particularly good in that final against the Bayern Munich team that weren't playing at their best. Um, but I think PSG kind of have this bottler's tag and I think uh, yeah I can see Barcelona getting through here. 
not in particularly impressive style. I just think they're going to get through because they have that bit of quality. I think That's Messi it, is going to grab really, the dragon you know, through, through the stuff. Like will we'll miss ne- Neymar. He's a big loss. I mean, for his diving alone, like, you know, he'd be, <laughs> he'd, be, he'd be badly missed because he gets free. He used to get freeze that no other player would get. Because of uh, his exaggerated ties, but that's a but you see that that that's a frustrating well, thing about Neymar. Yeah. He is a good player, so you'd imagine like there's no need for him to dive, but it, it's it's a rot. It, it, it things it ruins it ruins a good player like where, you know, is is he told to play that way? You know, to to go dive and I know, I mean he's do, he does it at international level as well, like you know, so we can't get away from it. But uh, you know, for for a player that is world class. I mean, yeah. he's ruined himself by doing all the diving because there's no need for it, and it's, uh, you know. But look, for whatever reason, this <laughs> he gets away with it, and uh, you know, he does get a lot of, he does he does get a lot of uh, currency out of it. But um, you know, but but that aside, even for the class, the class of yeah, it's the is, even you know, if he was to take away the diving and just be be the world class player he is. He is a huge. He is a huge loss to. Uh, even though, even when you look around the their squad, the Bar- the uh, Paris Paris Saint Germain squad, they're full of world class players. But he's just exceptional. Yeah, he is. And uh, in terms of whether he's told to dive, I don't think he's told to do anything because I think he's the kind of talent. He has that kind of ego about him. I don't think he likes. I don't think he would take a coach shouting at him with the player that he has to be the coach's favorite. I think uh, there's there's an ego there, and um, you know that's. I think that's why he left. He left Barcelona because he wasn't the main man. If he had the state of Barcelona, they'd probably be doing a lot better. Probably would have won another Champions League. But yeah, I, I think uh, I think he just kind of does what he wants, um, and I, I that's. Uh, that's maybe maybe he'll move on from PSG if Mbappe stays because he'll probably want to be the main man again. Maybe it won't really suit him if Messi goes to PSG. But uh, yeah, he is a world class player. Look for all his for all his diving and play acting, he's he's an absolute world class player, and he is going to be a big loss. And he's the kind of player who can make a goal. But similar to Paul Pogba, he's the kind of world class player who can do it when he feels like it, but he doesn't always feel like it. That's it. Like Pogba's injured at the moment, but we saw it for. Uh, we saw it there. He kind of wasn't doing his stuff for Man United, but then something clicked with him. I don't know. Was it? Was he? Did he? It seemed like he wanted to leave. I don't know. Did did uh, he just start getting on better with the management or something? But when he turns it on, he's world class, and uh, so is Neymar. I mean, if he's not happy, he's not going to be a good player. But if he is happy, That's he's it. going They're to be on one to of the, the best. Final two games in the Champions League: Porto versus Juventus and Sevilla versus Dortmund. Both very. In- both are very good games, actually. Um, you know, because Sevilla aren't a bad side, and uh, Dortmund will be all know what they're capable of. But uh, as well, starting off with Porto, with Porto versus Juventus, they're even they're even in a lot of ways, really, aren't they? When you when you compare their squad, the players that they, each team has, and uh, you know, I mean, they both have a lot of goal threats in in the team as well. Yeah, when you talk about goal threats, Porto only failed to score in two of their games this season. One of them was against Man City. Uh, they only lost one game in their Champions League group. Uh, they picked up 13 points, and uh, one of those points were against Man City. They were the only team to take points off City in the group stage. Granted, City had already qualified. But uh, look, they came through a relatively... They came through second in a group that didn't that only really had two teams in it because Olympiacos and Marseille. Marseille were dreadful. 
and Olympiacos are uh, well there it's a it's a case of the no great shakes but uh yeah I think the trouble with um I, I think uh, you know Porto aren't having the best of seasons because uh, they're seven points off sporting uh, who are top of the table it could be their first uh sporting's first league win since I think 2001 or 2002 if they win that uh, so uh, but they're still they're still going to qualify for the Champions League in all likelihood they're not doing as badly as Benfica uh, they won the Super Cup they're uh, they're in the semi-finals of the Cup and they got knocked out of the League Cup in the quarterfinals so uh, yeah look they're they're having an okay season but if they don't win something there'll be problems and there'll be questions asked looking through their team yeah, I think I think the reliance on a thirty-seven-year-old Pepe, who I don't think should be captain because I don't think he has the mentality of any team to, to be captain for any team at all. Uh, but uh, yeah, their goals mostly come through the likes of Sergio Oliveira. Uh, he's he scored a total of fourteen and Medi Tarhemi. So uh, not exactly household names, but uh, looking at they have a, they have a bit of goals spread out throughout the team as well. Look, they're not a bad team at all, and they're going to cause Juventus problems. Uh, I think Juventus are going to get through it. They've, Juventus have started to find their groove a little bit now because for a while they were struggling to even get to the top four. Now they're uh, they're in the title race. They're they're certainly not favourites for the title. I think uh, Inter are probably favourites for the title at this stage. Uh, the Scudetto, but look, Juventus are still they're only eight points behind. They have a game in hand. They'll win that, so that's uh, five points behind. They're going to finish at least in the top four. They're still possibly going to win their 10th Scudetto, which would be a real shame for Italian football because you don't want to see a team win 10 leagues in a row. I mean, you don't want to see the same team win 10 leagues in a row. Um, but, yeah, look, they've won the Super Cup of the, uh, Italiana. They're into the Coppa Italia final against Atalanta. So, uh, you know, things are just starting to work out a bit for Pirlo. I mean, you know, I think... Um, one thing I was talking, I was talking to uh, Connor Clancy from Ports Italian Football on Box to Box, our post to sport podcast, and uh, he was saying that Juventus they uh, they have a very good system in defence and they can be quite fluid in attack, so they can kind of um, they kind of adapt to who they're playing to. And we all know Andrea Pirlo was a very clever football player. He seems to be quite a clever manager, and he seems to be finding his feet a little bit. Don't think they are going to win the Scudetto. Don't think they're going to go too. Think they, I think they'll they'll lose out if they come up against a particularly good team, team like the likes of Man City or Bayern Munich, uh, or even maybe in Atletico Madrid. I think they'll uh, I think they'll struggle. But you know, against Porto, I would call Juventus favourites not by much. If Porto can win the game, score and keep a clean sheet against Juventus in the first leg, I think they'll fancy their chances going going away from home. But, uh, yeah, look, it's, it's going to be difficult for Porto. I mean, and look, Juventus have Ronaldo. Ronaldo loves winning the Champions Leagues. He's won the second most Champions Leagues or European Cups of all time. Only player to, he's, he's won five. The only player to have won more was Francesco Gento of Real Madrid, uh, who won in the 50s and 60s with Real Madrid. There are a few other players who won on five. I won't ask you the name any of them because uh, most of them were in the in the 60s. And I, I don't think uh, I don't think you were quite around uh, watching watching football in the 60s and 50s. Uh, but um, yeah, I think I think uh, I think Ronaldo will. Um, I think Ronaldo will uh, be really put, like he wants to break that record. He wants to win a sixth and a seventh Champions League. I think he wants to break that record. I think he's going to keep playing until he's about 40. He has good, he's in good physical shape still. It was his birthday recently. He turned 36. He wants to keep playing football. He's going to keep playing. Porto, obviously, his old friends from his sporting Lisbon days. So a bit of a bit of a chip on the shoulder there, maybe a bit of rivalry. But 
look, he wants to win everything he can with Juventus. That's that's always been the thing with Ronaldo. It seems like he just wants to prove he's the best. And his rival for the title of the best is Messi. He wants to prove he can do it at all different clubs. He's won the Champions League at two clubs. That's more than Messi. He's won one more Champions League than Messi. He wants to win a third club. He really wants to he really wants to do this. And uh, aside from that, they have the likes of Paolo Guadalla, Alvaro Morata, who obviously was struggling at Chelsea, but he's doing quite well for uh, He's doing quite well for Juventus. Paolo de Bala is a world-class player. I think he's he, he's going to be he's he's a fantastic player. He can be playing for anyone, uh, and they they have quality around the park. Melo Arder is a player I really rate. He's signed from Barcelona. I can't believe they swapped him for Pjanic. That was a genius bit of deal by Juventus swapping a thirty-year-old for a player who looks like he's going to be one of the best midfielders in the world. Like some Matthias de Ligt, yeah. if you will remember him from playing for Ajax. Probably Chiellini and Benucci's last hurrah, kind of in the Champions League. Uh, which is a shame to say, obviously, two legendary defenders, but uh, probably coming to the end. I mean, Chiellini's 36 now. It's probably uh, like uh, by the time the next Champions League comes around, it'll be 37, so I wouldn't be surprised if he moves on or at least plays a bit less. But um, no, look, uh, Juventus are probably set up to win this tie. Don't think it'll be overly comfortable. I think it might be one that they win in a home leg rather than win in the away leg. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's going to be a, it's going to be a tight game. And I think... Uh, I think Porto have a chance. It wouldn't be too much of an upset if Porto won, I don't think. It might seem like an on paper, yeah. but it wouldn't be That's too it. much We're of an upset. On to the, the last game of the Champions League uh, quarterfinals, um, uh, the Sevilla versus Dortmund. Yeah, well, uh, the way for Sevilla to win this uh, is if uh, they just cross out the word Champions League and write Europa League and pretend they're playing <laughs> in the Europa League, because then they'll definitely win. Uh, but as for... Uh, as for Dortmund, they're having a bad time. This is a bad time to play Dortmund. They're they're uh, six points off the top four in the Bundesliga. They're uh, they're in the Europa Conference place at the moment. And uh, look, they haven't had a good season. They've had, they've they've really struggled this season. Uh, but at the same time, they got through their they got through their Champions League group uh, on top despite a blip in the first round losing to Lazio. They actually failed to beat Lazio, but still finished above them. Uh, some more got through because. Lazio found it difficult to win games. They drew four of their games, but uh, you know they had an okay record in the uh, in the Champions League. And look, they're a free-scoring side. They have the likes of like Haaland is one of the best strikers in the world. That's not an exaggeration. He really is. He's already he scored 20, 23 goals in twenty three games for Dortmund, and Dortmund haven't been having a good season. I don't know if he'll be here next season. I'm I'm uh, I don't know if he'll want to move on. I think he seems to have the kind of mentality where he's happy to stay and learn a little bit. He's still young, and it might do him. It might do him some good if he stays at Dortmund because he'll be the main man at Dortmund. He has to be the main striker for another year, providing he doesn't get injured or something. Maybe that'll do him a bit, a, a bit of a favor. You know, even if that means he's not going to be playing in the Champions League, which is, uh, which is likely. Like said, Jaden Sancho, he was heavily linked with Manchester United. Um, I think, uh, I think he'll probably move on. Uh, but uh, Haaland, I, I don't know if he's going to be there or if he's going to stick around for an extra season. I, I, I hope if he moves, it's the right move for him because I don't want to see him sitting on the bench somewhere. I don't want to see his talent wasted. Like I wouldn't like to see him go to the likes of a PSG where they kind of, or even a Real Madrid where they kind of just sign a big player to sign him and he has no time to bed in, really. We saw Luka Jovic, who has, who has gone back on loan to Eintracht Frankfurt at Real Madrid. He never really got a chance there and he wasn't a very Real Madrid player so I hope he makes the right move he seems like the kind of player who's going to wait for the right move but aside from that like they're they're struggling a little bit for goals I mean uh, Marco Royce is uh, is still one of their key goal threats at the age of 30 he's uh, 
years past the prime, but they have an exciting young player, Yusufa Muakau, who's uh, who uh, is a, is um, who's an underage German international. Who's uh, he scored two goals in his twelve appearances. He's an exciting young striker. He's only a teenager. He's and he's the youngest player who's ever played in the Champions League group stage, actually. Uh, so he's an exciting young player, and um, you know he he has he has a bit of potential there. But it, it seems like Dortmund are a bit of a selling club, where Sevilla. I mean, they're, they've consolidated themselves as a regular European club now. They're, um, I wouldn't be surprised if they finish above Barcelona. I, think, I, I would bank on them finishing in the top four. I wouldn't be surprised if they finished third, even ahead of Barcelona. They're a good bit clearer Real Sociedad, having played a game less in La Liga. But you look at them, they have, the, they have experienced Champions League players like the likes of Rakitic, uh, who signed last season Alexis Vidal, Jesus Navas, who's kind of a cult figure at Sevilla. And they look. Uh, they have a they have a good team all around. Probably no one who's absolutely world class. Uh, as, uh, but they've also signed uh, Papu Gomez recently, and uh, you know he, he was playing for Atalanta last season. He's a fantastic player. He's he's a playmaker who can score as well. So uh, I think Sevilla are going to get through this just because Dortmund are having an awful time of things. I don't think I don't think Dortmund are going to be in the Champions League next season. Uh, they're they're just really struggling at the moment, and uh, yeah, I could see it. Uh, I could see it being a, I could see it being a difficult season for them. And uh, Sevilla, you know, it's it's about time they did something in the Champions League. They've won they've won uh, six Europa League titles. They won three in a row there in the last decade. They won four in total in the last decade. It's about time they did something in the Champions League, and they'll fancy themselves for a run. If the draw is kind to them, they'll fancy themselves for a run to even the semi-finals. If if you were to compare, like you know, if you were a team that uh, you know was playing in the in the Europa League for X amount of seasons, the next thing you were in the Champions League, there is there is a step up in in class, really, in a way. Even though even though it is European competition, you know there is a difference in class between the Champions League and the Europa League, isn't it? It's I suppose in a lot of ways it's seen as the the B competition, and even though it is, there there is some quality teams in it, it's it's it can be a, a whole different ball game in the Champions League compared to the Europa League. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's a higher caliber of opposition because in the Europa League, especially there are more teams in the Europa League at the moment. That's going to change next season. There will just be thirty two. But, you know, in the Europa League, in the group stage, anyway, you tend to have weaker opposition. You tend to have opposition from countries that don't have as much experience playing European football. Uh, and even even the teams that come down from the Champions League, really a lot of them uh, a lot of them aren't as good. I mean, they're teams that came to their group at the end of the day. Like, looking at the Europa League this year, there's no amazing team in the Europa League. And looking at it last season, like... Uh, I think there was there was no incredible team there. That being said, with Sevilla, you know they won uh, they won the final against Inter, who were heavy favourites to win that game. Inter were a better team on paper, and uh, probably should have won that game. But they won. They, they know how to win things. I think uh, I think it's just that bit of confidence to make the step up as well. And look, they're playing. This is a game that they can get a big win to boost their confidence in because Dortmund, as I say, are having a terrible time of things. And uh, you know this is a this is a big opportunity for them. So. I could, I can see Sevilla just having a little bit of a run here, and if they start to consolidate themselves, start to build, they can maybe do an Atletico Madrid team, Atletico Madrid did, and uh, after having won the Europa League a few times, kind of building, building themselves up to uh, become a big European team. Because thinking back to the Super Cup against Bayern Munich, 
they hung in there against Bayern Munich. They were they didn't have a lot of the ball. They were struggling, but they also had chances to win that game, and it took extra time for Bayern Munich to beat them. So uh, they probably ran Bayern Munich closer than anyone has in Europe so far this season, maybe aside from Lokomotiv Moscow. So uh, yeah, look, I, I think Sevilla are capable of making the step up. It is a step up, but I think this is a good game for them because they're playing against a good team who can score goals, but at the same time, they're very low on confidence and they're not having a good time of things. So I think this is the ideal is game for Sabia. Who's the standout games then in the Europa League? Yeah, well, uh, probably the big one for uh, listeners here would be Manchester United Real Sociedad. Uh, Sociedad, a um, good young team in uh, good young team in Spain. Uh, they have Adnan Yamazai, who used to play for Man United. They have the likes of Odegaard on loan. Uh, but yeah, look, I fancy Man United to get through here just because I feel like Man United are going to win something and I don't think they're going to win the league. So I, I could see them winning this or the FA Cup. They, they'd probably be better winning this uh, the European Cup. But uh, yeah, look, I think uh, the problem with Manchester United is if Bruno Fernandes isn't on form, it seems like the whole team doesn't really... They don't win games if Bruno Fernandes is not on form. And we've seen in recent times... Fernandez seems to be feeling the weight of kind of carrying the whole team, and uh, it's been very it's been very difficult for him at times to pull the strings. And as well, it seems like if Sociedad stick someone on Fernandez, st- stick someone on him like glue, and uh, just don't let him uh, kind of don't let him do his magic, then uh, that's going to be a struggle. Cavani's been on great form for Man United. I think United will get through. I can see the first leg being a draw. I can see maybe being a one all draw on the first leg and a two one win for United the second leg. I think it's that kind of tie. Uh, then the other English teams in um, Arsenal playing Benfica. Benfica having a pretty bad season, uh, would traditionally be one of the favourites for uh, the Portuguese league, but they're right, their Lisbon rivals Sporting are um, pulling away with that now. Arsenal have had a bit of a turnaround. There, was a, there wasn't too long ago we were talking about relegation for Arsenal, but they've had a turnaround here, so I think Arsenal are going to get through that tie. Uh, Tottenham play an Austrian side called Wolfsburger, Again, I, I talk about uh, I talk about Tottenham. I've said they're going to win something this year. I think they're going to win the Europa League this year. They're 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 either going to win the Europa League and the League Cup. I know which one I'd rather win. Uh, the Europa League is a passage of Champions League. I think Jose Mourinho is smart enough to put all his eggs in the Europa League baskets, like he did with Man United, and he won the Europa League that year, and they end up in the Champions League the next season. I think that's what they're going to do. I think Tottenham, I, I Tottenham are my favourites to win the Europa League. Uh, I think they're uh, they're kind of struggling a little bit at the moment, but they figured out how to score more goals. They're just not defending as well, which is kind of the opposite of what we associate yeah. with the Jose Mourinho team. But I think really Tottenham are going to get through this tie, and then the other English team playing are Leicester City against Slavia Prague. Got Leicester favourite for this one, uh, but to be fair, I don't know a whole lot about Slavia Prague, uh, so I call um, I call Leicester favourite for this tie. Um, I'm sure you wouldn't mind seeing Man United get knocked That's out of the Europa League, though. And uh, finally, just um, just a few words on the Premier League title race. And, you know, we're, we're seeing how uh, how Man City are. And then Man United drew at the weekend. Again, again, you know, yesterday, Liverpool. I think maybe, look, I'm a Liverpool fan, as you know, a huge Liverpool fan. And very optimistic when it comes to Liverpool and very always very behind them even when they're losing a few games but I, I mean as regards to them you know I know there's 15 games left or whatever for you know each team has 15 games but you'd have to say it's with each defeat now and I suppose more so that that defeat to Leicester on Saturday you know it do, it does seem 
that um that the, the league is gone now and it's just about um keeping up uh, now unless Man City and Leicester City and <laughs> and, uh, and Man City kind of go um go have a disastrous last fifteen games or something, but uh, you'd have to say for for Liverpool unless that happens it's uh, it's about uh, copper fastening the top four spot. Yeah, well that's it. I mean, I I think it would be. I, I don't think uh, it would be a reason to sack Klopp and uh, have a whole uh, revolution at Liverpool. But I think it would be pretty disastrous if Liverpool didn't finish in the top four. It would it would make last season seem like a bit of a fluke, even though it wasn't. It was three seasons in the making. But um, I think, yeah, look, Liverpool, uh, it's probably all about top four. I think City have the league, to be honest. I think the league's over for everyone except City. Um, Leicester would be the other team I'd say are likely, but I don't think a Brendan Rodgers side will win the league because I don't think Brendan Rodgers is the kind of manager who coached him when things are going badly. We saw that at Liverpool. We never saw it at Celtic because things were never going badly at Celtic when he was there. If he was there now at Celtic, I think yeah, that would be a real test of the word he likes, character. Uh, but you know, I think um, I, think, I, I don't think he I don't think he can win. He's going to win the league with Leicester. But to be honest, I think finishing finishing in the top four with Leicester would be a remarkable achievement. It would only be it would only be the second time they've ever played Champions League football if he does that. Man United, I think uh, someone made the point to me, Steve O'Rourke, on our box to box podcast that um, Man United are probably rather like I say, Tottenham are going to put all their eggs in Europa League basket. Man United are probably going to put all their eggs yeah. in all the baskets. Uh, so. I think Man United are going to suffer from a bit of burnout at some stage because I think Ali just wants to win something. And I think they're going to be uh, pushing uh, to win everything, including Europa League, including the FA Cup. So, uh, yeah, look, I think Man City are the best, uh, playing the best football at the moment. And I think they're the kind of team, we've said it before, when things are going well for them, they're unplayable. I don't think they're going to win the Champions League this season, uh, but I do think they're going to win the league this season. They've only conceded 14 goals as well, so defensively they're really improved. Ruben Diaz and Emmerich Laporte are a really uh, exciting young partnership uh, who uh, who could both be two of the top defenders in the world. So uh, And they'll both be playing against each other in the Euros if it goes ahead this summer. But uh, yeah, I think it's Manchester City's to lose at this stage. Looking at the bottom, uh, I think the relegation zone is going to be what it is now where uh, uh, not uh, not uh, I think Fulham are going to go down not because they're playing particularly bad football I just don't think they have the quality West Brom I think well uh, well I don't think Sam Allardyce is going to be there when they get relegated I think he's going to craftily lead at the same time maybe we'll get another leaked video of him talking about the FA but uh, Sheffield United hard to see them recovering a 14 point deficit uh, that's not to say Newcastle Burnley and Brighton aren't in the mix I, uh, as a Charleston supporter I'd be delighted if Crystal Palace went down unless we get promoted because there's no way we'd beat them uh, but it's still an exciting uh, race for the top four West Ham are having a remarkable season if they end up in either the Europa League or the Europa Conference that would be a great return for them they probably should be playing European football with a stadium like the one they have Everton, Austin Villa very good seasons and Leeds one of the most exciting teams to watch in Europe so uh you know, it's been a good Premier League season. I think the title race, we're going to see it come to an end soon with Man City kind of pulling away. Um, I'd say they'll end up winning it by kind of between 7 and 15 points in the end. But um, yeah, look, it's uh, it's still plenty of excitement going for the top four. I think there's a number of teams that can still get top four, that can still get Europa League, that can still get Europa well, Listen, thanks very much uh, for for uh, doing the, doing uh, Euro soccer with us this week and we look forward to talking to you again next week.
Yeah, thanks, Aiden. Uh, Postbus.sport.blog for all our stuff and at Postbus.sport, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And uh, you can get all our stuff there. And uh, yeah, hopefully talk to you again next week. And that was Kieran Duffy, our uh, European soccer correspondent.